Welcome to Integrative Medicine Solutions with Forum Health, the podcast. Our nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers believe in a new standard of healthcare, one that creates optimal health by focusing on partnering with you, understanding your needs, learning about your unique health history, and getting to the root cause of your concerns. Using advanced testing, emerging therapies, and the latest technology, Forum Health providers are at the forefront of integrative and functional health care for all. Your journey to better health starts here. I'm pleased to introduce Chief Medical Officer at Forum Health, Dr. Shilpa P. Saxena. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, and I'm sure most of you are by now, Dr. Saxena is a board-certified family physician with 20 plus years of innovative medical experience. She is globally recognized as an expert and leader in lifestyle medicine, cardiometabolic health, hormone disorders, autoimmune conditions, and clinical nutrition. Dr. Saxena also developed Forum Health's popular medical, medically supervised gut detox program, GDRX. Welcome, Dr. Saxena, and everyone tonight. Thank you, Britt. Welcome, everybody. Well, I'm now going to hand over the controls to you. Okay. So our topic tonight is weight loss and really focusing on demystifying the hype. The goal for this is really to give some anchor point information and then allow the group to ask the questions that are most relevant to them today. So um, let's just get on with the first concept that I think is critical. We wanna understand that the body really uses signals, biochemical signals to determine whether or not weight loss makes sense. And let me just start this conversation by saying weight loss. When I say that, I really mean unhealthy weight loss. Unhealthy meaning losing the things that are unhealthy for you, meaning extra fat or extra water. So I really wish we can say signals that determine undesirable fat and water loss, but that's not a buzzword. So we say weight loss. Just know that underneath it all, I'm not interested in you losing muscle or losing hydration that is necessary for you. So just know that when we say weight loss, we're talking about that which is undesirable and excessive and unhealthy for your body. And in order for that to occur, there has to be a lineup of signals. So I'm gonna actually start on the far right and work backwards. So on the top is the signal that we want to uh, have dominate. So calories out should be higher than calories in. Now, this is the most logical thing that people understand about weight loss. And everybody thinks, not everybody, many people think that if this mathematical you know, issue is taken care of, then weight loss should happen. But it, that isn't actually true in many cases, as many of us have found out. So what has to happen is this principle of calories out being greater than calories in has to be bathed in an environment that is the next layer deep, which is you have to have a signal that is anabolic over catabolic. Anabolic is that signal usually sent by hormones that say, hey, let's make muscle and burn fat. Whereas catabolic is really the signal that says, we are not in a good space here. We need to break down tissue in order to meet the demands of the body. And many times when we break down tissue, we sometimes lose muscle mass. 
And one of these little factoids that I think would be interesting for most people to understand is your longevity, meaning the quality and quantity of your life is determined by the amount of lean muscle mass that you have. So we want an anabolic signal over a catabolic signal. Things that create anabolic signal are having adequate hormones and having more of a healthy signal for hormone and muscle growth over catabolic signals, which are usually signaled from an excess stress perception or actually excess stress, for example, from sleep deprivation. So we say calories out over calories in, we want to have that bathed in an anabolic environment. And not only does it need to be anabolic, but we want the signal of our autonomic nervous system. Now the autonomic nervous system is that what I call automatic neurological network that basically is constantly on subconsciously. It's gauging your external world and the inside of your body to determine, hey, is everything safe? Am I good to just focus on healing? And if your body feels safe, both outside and inside, then your parasympathetic nervous system is in the driver's seat. And it says, listen, everybody, life is good. Let's heal. Let's grow muscle and let's lose weight. However, if there is a constant and excessive perception of the world, external and or internal, that makes your subconscious feel like uncertainty, danger, then the survival button turns on. And in a state of survival, the body is not willing to let go of fat. It says, let's hold on to this fat because what if we get lashed by a tiger? Then we will be sitting here and we need that extra fat to just feed off of in a state of survival. So these important signals are ones that we want to address through the different layers we talk about. Now, before I go into those layers, I want to just emphasize some of the key lectures and webinars that we've had in the past. And one of the ones I brought up was the detoxification uh, principle. So one of the things I want you to know is before you start working on stress perception, lifestyle, or your anabolic versus your catabolic state, we must address this modern environmental factor. And that is, if you look to the far left, we live in a world that has more and more exposure to fat-soluble toxins. You might know these as persistent organic pollutants or the chemicals that might be on your food, in your food, in your personal hygiene products, the cleaners you use, the air you breathe, the water you drink, you know, it's ubiquitous. But the goal is, is that you do have an ability to reduce your exposure. Now, through decades of living on this planet, you've likely built up toxins. In fact, a, a newborn baby generally has over a hundred chemicals in their umbilical cord blood sample at birth because the mother has been exposed and has been through her uh, uh, placenta sending those chemicals because they're attached to the things that are fatty and making the baby. Those things are just shuttled from the mom to the baby. Now, for you, as a growing adult, these things continue to get into your body. And when they get into your body, then what fat does for these fat soluble toxins is it sequesters the toxin so it cannot cause damage. So on the far right, you see 
you know, a toxic chemical and it's surrounded by fat cells in order to keep it from causing damage to other tissues or organs. So one of the secret saboteurs of weight loss is that you have this built up toxic debt from just living on this planet and not doing things to detoxify. And so there will be a critical amount of fat that has to be kept on your body. So if you've ever heard of people who are doing weight loss and they're exercising and they're eating right and all of a sudden they hit a plateau, it could be because they've hit that equilibrium point where they must maintain that fat in order to protect them from these environmental toxins. So some of the things that I recommend as just quick solutions, we have a supplement called Duo Detox. It gives what we call phase one and phase two liver support. Your liver is the organ that's responsible for cleaning out fat soluble toxins. And this blend of vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients, phyto meaning plant-based nutrients, will moderately remove garbage that you've built up over time, specifically fat soluble garbage. Now, one thing that you see as a caveat down at the bottom is you want to avoid using this supplement with prescriptions that require very specific levels to work. So here are some examples, birth control pills. You see, as far as your body is concerned, birth control pills, anti-seizure medications, medications, any kind of medication really is a chemical. It's garbage to the body. The body considers it something foreign. So when I support the liver with Duo Detox, the liver's like, thank you, I'm gonna get this birth control pill out of here. And of course, we don't want that if you're using it for contraception. So 80 to 90% of prescriptions are fine when you use Duo Detox because it's one of our top selling supplements because it does such a great job of removing garbage slowly but surely. But again, we can ask later if there's any um, prescriptions that you're worried about, but the general categories are things like birth control pills, anti-seizure medications, or like if you're on an anti-rejection med, if you have anything that you have to sometimes monitor levels of as a drug to keep it into a sweet spot, then I wouldn't suggest duo detox. But other than that, most every adult would do fine to take two of these duo detox at dinner or bedtime. That's when the liver is most actively cleaning according to circadian biology. If you wanted to take it up a notch, uh, Britt mentioned the gut detox prescription, GDRX. It's a scientifically proven five-week program. So you could do it for the full 35 days, or you could do a mini version of 10 days. But you can see some of the clinical benefits we've seen. It reduces inflammation. It improves quality of life. But what it does is it removes the garbage so that when we institute the next level of weight loss signals, the garbage is out of the picture so that the fat cells can leave. And again, we can answer more questions about this. Okay, now another lecture that we did was talking about how many adults take a prescription or two and many prescriptions deplete nutrients. It's one of the reasons they cause side effects. So one thing I wanna remind you is, is that in order to lose weight, you need energy. And to make energy, meaning you need energy to burn fat, you need energy to do physical activity. So where does that energy come from? If you remember from that lecture, it comes from our mitochondria and our mitochondria are the little energy production factories. The goal is you see that there are so many vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients that your mitochondria need to generate ATP, 
that is like cellular energy currency. There's a lot of different nutrients that are necessary to pump out this ATP energy. And you need energy in order to detoxify, lose fat, you know, gain muscle. So one of the supplements that I recommend, you gotta remember when you lose weight, many people will calorie restrict. So if they calorie restrict, you're already somewhat at a disadvantage to get all the nutrients you need. Now, listen, if you're one of these ideal people who eats five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables, and hopefully mostly organic, and hopefully not overcooked, and hopefully not with, you know, sugar and alcohol and other things that will interfere with, you know, its net effect, perhaps you might hit all of your micronutrient needs. But for a majority of people, I'm going to say 80 to 90% of people, we're not hitting our base nutrient support. So for, for uh, me, I would recommend MitoMulti, especially if you plan to calorie restrict. Now this, because it energizes every single branch or organ in your tree of life, and it of course gives that mitochondria everything it needs in order to generate ATP, you're set up to burn fat and put on muscle when your nutrients are fully stopped. This particular formulation, by the way, was developed from a, a physician researcher at the, at the University of California, San Francisco. It was back in the 80s when HIV and AIDS was a new topic. And what he found was that HIV as a virus was actually attacking mitochondria. But when he gave these HIV patients mitochondrial nutrients, their viral loads started to improve. So this formula was academically generated and continues to be something that supports multi-systems, especially the immune system, because the immune system, as we discussed in the lecture, is one of the top four organs or systems that needs energy. Number one is your brain, number two is your heart, and tied for three is liver and immune. Okay, so that just shows you where energy goes first, those important functions of the body. And I want you to know that I would not recommend people doing both duo detox and mitomulti most of the time. They have overlapping nutrients and overlapping benefits. So I would, you know, if you take one of the medications or you're not sure about the prescription is just to do mitomulti, um, but our coaches are also available to help you decide which one would be best for you if ever you wanted to have more personalized care. Okay, so let's just recap. Okay, so what we said so far is number one, we wanna lose undesirable fat and water. That's really what weight loss is. And that there has to be signals that are conducive for that to occur. And before we go to altering signals, we wanna take care of two main foundational concepts. Number one, detoxify because you need to get rid of the garbage to allow the fat to be released. And remember, when fat sticks around, this is another caveat here, when fat sticks around because of toxins, so does water. And water sticks around like puffy edema water, not like plump cell hydrated water that feels good. It's the stuff that leaks out of cells and makes you feel swollen at your ankles, around your face, you know, on your body. So. Good weight loss requires signals, but first clean yourself up with a detox if you haven't already and 
The second concept, foundational concept is you need energy in order to burn fat and make muscle. So you must feed the mitochondria. Lifestyle is the foundation for improving your weight loss outcomes. So let's just focus in on three main categories of lifestyle signals that help with weight loss. Number one is glucose and insulin. So remember we talked about, we want your calories out to be greater than your calories in. And what I want to let you know is, is for a long time, many of us have more calories coming in than going out. So I want you to wonder where do those excess, where do those excess calories go? Where have they been hiding in your body? They don't just poof, go away when it's unequal. They've been stored somewhere and they've been stored actually in your fat cells, in your muscle, in your bone, in your brain. See, excess calories, especially those that come from bad sugar, bad carbs, bad fats, they turn into these fatty molecules that then have to be shoved into closets. Like imagine yourself a pack rat and you just don't have space in your house. And what happens is, is this, this fat starts to, if you think about like marbled meat, that's what's happening. But you're marbling your belly fat, you're marbling your muscle, you're marbling your brain, you're marbling your bone. And when that happens, you're actually breaking down those organs. Okay. Even though marbled meat might taste good because of the fat, it's actually damaging the structure. In fact, osteoporosis is an inflammatory bone condition where excess fat has gotten into the bone and is breaking it down. So when you have excess calories, they have to be stored somewhere. But the next thing I want you to know is the quality of the calories matter. So those kinds of calories that spike your blood sugar and cause insulin to be released will create a signal called inflammation that will stimulate fat storage. So if you were to eat sweet potato fries versus white potato fries, different signal. White potato fries are like eating jelly beans. They have a similar sugar value as jelly beans. Now this is not permission to eat jelly beans over French fries. This is saying that those things are going to trigger the inflammation alarm, which will tell those calories to go get stored as fat. So we of course want a signal that says no fat storage. We want fat burn. Okay. So we can talk about that in the Q and a as if you have more questions, but that's a simple example of a simple switch, sweet potatoes versus white potatoes, or like a pear is a lower glycemic index. That's kind of our fancy way of saying it doesn't spike your blood, blood sugar. So a pear, so fruits that are grown in temperate parts of the world, temperate meaning like the uh, colder states or colder countries versus fruits that are growing in tropical states or countries. So for example, bananas, papayas, pineapples, mangoes. I know, I'm sorry, I have to list these, but these tropical fruits have a higher sugar index or glycemic index, whereas pears and apples and strawberries and 
blackberries and that kind of fruit tends to have a lower blood sugar index. So you wanna prioritize foods that will not spike your blood sugar so that you can keep the fat burn signal on. If you spike your blood sugar, insulin comes out, inflammation gets triggered, and the entire body is up for storing fat. Okay, so we talked about how spiking your blood sugar and insulin is gonna cause the fat storage signal, but the next thing you wanna do is create a fat burn signal. So the best thing to do is exercise. And I want you to know that if I'm not suggesting that you gotta put on some spandex and run to a gym, does not have to be that kind of exercise. It could just be physical activity. We start by recommending number one, that you are healthy enough to exercise. If you're not sure, if you haven't exercised for a bit, you know, you've been basically what they call a couch potato, then you might wanna see your doctor and make sure you're safe to start exercising. But for those of you who feel like, hey, I can take this on, I'm pretty confident because I've been doing some physical activity, the first thing I want you to do is stop being sedentary. So most of us with our jobs or our hobbies love to sit. We've become a sitting species. And if you haven't heard, sitting is the new smoking, meaning that sitting increases your risk for heart attack and stroke equivalently to smoking. A cigarette, I mean, that's crazy. So what's the rule of thumb? I would suggest that you move around for five minutes every hour that you're awake. So you can, you know, a lot of these tech tools will remind you to stand up and move around. But if you can remember, you could put a timer on your phone, whatever you need to do, move around. What you could do is make your life inconvenient for sitting. You've got to think like things like recliners and remote controls and, you know, all these like voice activated things that don't make you get up and turn the TV on or do something in your kitchen or take out the trash. All these things have made us a very sedentary species. And by doing so, we're not stimulating our fat burn. We're not stimulating our muscles to burn calories. The other thing that exercise does necessarily is release stress energy. And exercise is the most potent anti-inflammatory signal there is. And so if you're doing regular physical activity or movement at least every hour, that's the first step. After that, your next goal is slowly but surely increase exercise to 150 minutes per week. And we want that kind of mm, separated into a few categories. I'd love for you to do, you know, I don't know, 30 to 40% of it with cardiovascular exercise. That could just be walking, uh, treadmill, you know, jogging, running, dancing, anything like that. Um, then you want to put in, especially women, resistance training or strength training. There's sometimes these gender but like slants towards certain exercises. And women historically have avoided strength training because they're afraid they're going to start looking bulky. But what we do know is that when women do resistance training, it helps with weight loss more significantly than cardiovascular exercise. Last but not least, it's really important to take on some sort of flexibility and balance. And you know, if you can blend in a little bit of mind-body medicine, like using yoga for flexibility, balance, and deep breathing, it's interesting. The data suggests that when you exercise, the benefits are related to your deep breathing 
and your social connection. So if you were to play tennis with a friend and you did the same amount of steps and heart rate as you would if you went to a gym and put on your AirPods and ran on a treadmill, you would lose more weight and get more benefits from playing tennis with a friend because of the social impact and how that actually triggers your parasympathetic nervous system to feel safe and to allow healing signals. When you are alone in the gym on your own, you miss out on the social benefits of exercise, which play a role in the net impact exercise has. So see what you can do to play with that. Okay, next lifestyle signal, sleep and rest. If you're, you know, I just bought a ring that tracks my sleep and it, it tells me how much REM sleep and deep sleep I have. And that is my next kind of lifestyle goal is to optimize my deep sleep because deep sleep is where you put on muscle, where you heal, where your immune system becomes more tolerant so it doesn't trigger the inflammation alarm. And what sleep, what really deep sleep and REM sleep does for you is it softens the edges of your emotional trauma of the day. A famous neuroscientist, his name is Matthew Walker, really talks about how sleep is critical for any health goal that you have. There is no mental health diagnosis that does not have impaired sleep as one of its features. So make sure sleep and rest are a part of your lifestyle signal. Okay, finally, after all those other things are at least addressed, not necessarily completed, but at least addressed in some way, then I think it's appropriate to start asking the question about hormones. Okay, this doesn't need to take four months to get to the hormones part, but if you, you know, many people want to jump straight to hormones and not pay attention to detox and mitochondria and lifestyle. And I think if you do that, you'll probably still get benefits from addressing hormone imbalance, but you're not going to get the same degree of benefit if you haven't addressed the previous three factors first. So hormones, there's three main categories of hormones I want to speak to. One I've already actually spoken about um, previously, which is insulin as a hormone. I put that under the lifestyle signal. Now, these three categories, number one is your sex steroid hormones. These are things like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and DHEA. And what you want to know is that naturally, as we get older, our testosterone and our estrogen, these are our anabolic hormones, they just reduce over time. For men and women, there is a certain amount of healthy testosterone that is needed to put on muscle mass. Now, what are the things that deplete or hasten low testosterone and low estrogen in men and women? Well, stress. Stress is going to cause these hormones to start making the last category of hormones, literally the precursors of sex hormones, which is cholesterol, will go into this thing called pregnenolone. And in the context of you being stressed, your body will decide, you know what? We can't be anabolic right now. We need to be catabolic because she's stressed out. So it'll take your cholesterol and pregnenolone and turn it into cortisol, which is an adrenal stress hormone. 
It's an anti-inflammatory by purpose, but what it does is it signals to the body to store fat. So when you want to increase your sex steroid hormones naturally, the most the most powerful things you can do is number one, detoxify your body because fat-soluble toxins attach to testosterone and estrogen make effective. And number two, stress and sleep lifestyle signals. Because if you take away those drains, then the natural production of sex steroid hormones might be enough for you to lose weight. Now, there are people who may choose to supplement or replace their hormones with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. That's sometimes called BHRT for short. All that to say that most people, when they address detox and energy and lifestyle, then their sex hormones may be enough for the weight loss to take care of itself. That's the most natural, low-risk way to do it. Having said that, we may have some patients who need extra hormone support to be able to get the testosterone so that when they're doing the resistance training, they make muscle and you need that muscle to burn fat, for example, and of course, be strong. Um, the middle hormone family is your thyroid hormone. You know, the thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland in the middle of your neck, and it is the me metabolism hormone. So I consider it the gas pedal of your body. It determines the speed at which your body burns fuel. So most people with weight issues tend to have an underactive thyroid profile if they have an abnormality. So that would be called hypothyroid. And one thing to note is when you look at the laboratory reference range, there are people who can be what we call subclinical hypothyroidism, which means that their lab value is within the reference range, but it's abnormal for their body. So there are people who can be hypothyroid, but still look quote unquote normal by the lab range for thyroid panels. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Forum Health Podcast. Forum Health is the first nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers. To learn more about this topic and to find a Forum Health provider near you, visit forumhealth.com.